And now joining us, our good friend, Mr. Al Bat from somewhere near Heartland, Minnesota, under some snow, I think. There's a lot of snow here. Uh, here, too. And, you know, I think the birds look a bit confused. This weekend we were in uh, New Ulm and drove over on 14 from Mankato, and I saw so many birds, so many robins, and you could see them just dragging big old worms out of the the ground and then also they were in the trees getting the last of the the crab apple fruits and we saw a beautiful giant um i thought he was giant because he i've never seen one that close i guess um pheasant beautiful on the side of the road and trumpeter swans in swimming in some of the farm ponds and and probably about 25 30 deer on some of the farm fields on the the way over on that road so it's just a, a lot of wildlife out and about nice yeah, I've been watching. Uh, I had a meeting in town. In town for me is Heartland, 314 people, and we had a uh, yeah, important local government meeting this morning. So I got to uh, drive the roads, and uh, you know they're they're not terrible, but boy, everybody be careful. They're they're not Slippery. perfect by any means either. So, but I came home here and. Uh, I watched the male cardinal grab a sunflower seed, take it over, and give it to the female. So they're uh, still carrying on, and I think birds are pretty accepting. Um, I don't know how much planning ahead. We can say birds plan ahead because they build nests and they you know, find a mate and everything. But I think birds in, in most of nature is much better at living in the moment than we are. Because, uh, you know, humans, for the most part, we're warriors. We think, oh, you know, i got to do this, and in 10 years that'll pay off. And I, Most birds don't have 10 years. They don't know how much they have. So I think they spend a lot more time in the moment. And uh, it can be argued whether that's good or bad, but that's what they have. So I think maybe they're a lot more accepting of bad weather than we are because uh, they're pretty much concentrating on one thing when we get bad weather they uh, although the male cardinal was feeding the sunflower seed to the female so he had other ideas on his mind but, but a lot of them now are just saying i get food gotta get food and that's pretty much all they're thinking about right is now is this snow going to confuse some of them that's what i was wondering because like i said when i was driving to work the robin seemed a little bit confused because you know they had been on the ground getting worms but now there's all that snow there and I was wondering about some of the other birds that might be migrating figuring it's going to be a nice warm spot and and it's 20 to 30 degrees cooler than they expected. Yeah and some of them in their migration they would certainly put the brakes on and probably say we'll just stay here the weather's pretty nice here I I flew two miles up that way and it was snowing so I'm going to stay back here. Uh, some of them don't have that uh, opportunity to do that. Robins could turn around and fly back to Missouri or somewhere, I suppose. But, you know, that uh, doesn't make sense from an energy outlay. So they're going to stay here and just say, you know, this is what it is. Uh, this is what's going on now. And I just saw a morning dove fly by my window. And yesterday I was hearing them coo, a lot of cooing from the morning doves. And today they're just flying around, probably just trying to find somewhere to have lunch. So it, um, they have, uh, you know, they have worries. But do they worry? I, <laughs> who knows? I, I don't think they probably have time to worry. They're just too busy. Uh, we, I read about the pioneers 
and all the things they went through coming across this great country and covered wagons and things with large families and illnesses and didn't know where they were going. And I read one, and I wish I could tell you what book it was in, but the lady wrote it, and she was saying, I should be worried, but I don't have time. And I think that was the, that's probably the case of the birds. They just got to get out there and get at it. And if they don't, then they're not going to have to worry about anything. You know, on Easter, I watched a mink hunt the edges of a pond. This would be in rural route uh, Waseca. So it was an Easter mink searching for an Easter bunny, probably. And it was out checking muskrat houses. And then it ran towards the house where we were. And then it does that oh, odd gate that mink do and went down the driveway towards the buildings. And then my wife said she saw it climb up in a tree, uh, which is they are capable of climbing trees. They just don't do it very often. They're not arboreal in any way. But this one climbed up in the tree. So he was, uh, and he was out trying to find an Easter meal somewhere. In a tree? Spring. What What would he look for in a tree? Eggs or something or? Oh, he would look for anything he could find. Oh. Uh, yeah, mink and weasel, uh, they just, they eat a lot of, well, they would eat a lot of your friends of old. <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, yeah, I think what this guy was probably hunting for, of course, everything is under ice, so it made pretty hard hunting for him. He could dig into the muskrat mounds a little bit, but they they take a lot of muskrats. That's something they spend a lot of time hunting, but they, boy, oh, you know, they would, if they could catch a rabbit or a squirrel or anything they can find. You know, spring had just come to the roadsides. I, I thought of that on my way home from town this morning. Because the last few days I've been seeing spring in the form of a ground squirrel. It's a 13-line ground squirrel. And it's this small gopher-like animal that we often see along the roads when there's no snow on them. And coyotes, fox, hawks, owls, and weasels, and probably mink will prey upon this little critter. And they're also called uh, squinnies. I heard that a lot when I was growing up, um, mm. family down in Iowa. And it seems to be a, a term that's pretty popular in Iowa. But I also heard grinnies, liners, 13 liners, streakers, streaked gophers. Uh, the 13 lion ground squirrel is frequently confused with a chipmunk. But the ground squirrel has 13 light stripes alternating solid and dashed on its back. And it runs with its tail low to the ground, where the chipmunk has two light stripes. And it tends to hop while holding its tail up in the air and its front paws together, something like a rabbit or a tree squirrel might do. And, you know, I've been all over the birding map lately. I birded four states in one day and allowed me to see the niceness and the nastiness of spring. And as we're learning, spring can be full of winter. Spring is when we get the winter that no one else wants, and the snow shovel's been worn to a sliver. But watch and listen, because birds will begin to serenade sunrises and sunsets. The one day I noticed the temps were just north of 20 degrees, song sparrows were singing up a storm, which turned out to be literally. They did sing up a storm. But on that day, it was a sunny day, and sunny days in winter and spring cause us to shine and sing. So, uh, Team Hawkwatch, uh, the guy that does the reporting uh, for this is a wonderful guy named Jim Amundsen, 
and Jim is from Lake Crystal. He said on the 26th of March, it was a slow morning. He had six countable raptors, did have about a dozen eagles, but they wouldn't come as far as Land of Memories, where he was, so he didn't get to count them. Uh, he said they would come as only as far as Sibley Park, and then they'd follow the Blue Earth River south to Mount Cato and come back. Uh, in the afternoon on the 2016, he and his wife Ruth checked out the waterfall in Lake Crystal. Lots of canvas backs and redheads, ringneck ducks, scalp, a northern shoveler, common and red-breasted merganser, but no loons. Uh, and boy, last year, folks, it, we had loons, a lot of loons. The water, or the ice went out on a lot of water and a lot of our lakes on April 1st last year. Uh, the most of the uh, least in my yard here, the frost was out of the ground on March 20th. Uh, Jim went on March 27th. He said our first day with over 100 birds and the second day with a golden eagle. Had a turkey vulture, 76 bald eagles, sharp shins, uh, cooper's hawks, red tails, rough-legged, merlin, and a peregrine. And on March 30th, Jim reported in, if it doesn't warm up soon, I am going to donate all my summer clothes to the Salvation Army. It snowed for an hour at Land of Memories. It looks like we might have hit a milestone in spring migration with the red tails outnumbering the eagles. At turkey vultures, five of them, 41 bald eagles, northern harriers, sharp shin coopers, 53 red tails for 108 total. Uh, Linda and Rob White said we hiked at Riverbend Nature Center, and it was odd because I didn't see them, uh, but I was hiking there on that same day. There was a lot of uh, snow and ice on some of the trails, so there weren't a whole lot of people out there. Uh, Linda said they found no new arrivals, uh, couldn't see any red-headed woodpeckers. And boy, there are red-headed woodpeckers there. Uh, we did get to see several kestrels along the way, however. Uh, we checked into, I think it's Coaster, Cooster, K-O-E-S-T-E-R, Prairie, uh, just west of Denison. Had some good luck with raptors, saw a couple northern harriers. Uh, one of them made a pass following the small stream that em empties treated water from the Denison wastewater ponds. On the west side of Prairie, a rough-legged hawk was hovering and hunting atop another hill. Uh, a friend was telling me the other day he thinks rough-legged hawks hover because where they are, there are no trees, so that's the way they hunt. And yeah, I thought about it on the way home. I I, I didn't say anything to him because he's a friend. And I want to keep him. <laughs> uh, but I I see them in trees and things around here. They have pretty small feet, so I can tell sometimes if it's a rough-legged hawk in a in a tree instead of a red-tailed hawk, because a rough leg has those small feet and a little bit smaller, and it can be on the smaller branches. Uh, also, Linda said she saw a large bird with a slight dihedral angle to the wings. So that'd be if we make those kind of horn signs with our hands, that's sort of a dihedral, sort of a semi-V. And she said the head did not project noticeably from the body, and she thought maybe it might be a migrating golden eagle, but she couldn't be sure. She saw a few kestrels and made a pass, quick pass through Randolph Great Western Industrial Park where there were a pair of eastern meadowlarks singing. Uh, Rita Granson and Betty Lucas 
uh, they went a tour of Worth County, and that'd be where Northwood, Iowa. They did that on March 29th. So there are many geese and ducks. Uh, they saw five geese species, including three Ross's geese and many white-fronted geese, 75 swans at Silver Lake, uh, at least 55 were tundra. She said, I don't remember seeing that many tundra inland before. And, um, yeah, this is me adding this. This year there have been so many tundras out in farm fields. Mm-hmm. And it's because everything is frozen up, most of the ice on lakes and stuff. They have nowhere to go there, so they're finding open water on uh, some of our uh, farm fields. Uh, the Rita and Betty saw 16 species of ducks, many at the open area of Rice Lake, a dozen pelicans. So I heard from a few folks saying, where are the pelicans? Well, they're coming. Uh, Northern Harriers, rough-legged coopers, sharpies, and a number of eagles and red tails, kestrels, a couple of sandhill cranes at Rice Lake and also at Panicum Prairie. Uh, Northern Shrike, a hermit thrush, brewer's blackbirds, meadowlarks, redwings, grackles, fox, and song sparrows are singing away, and the turkey vultures are back. Uh, Gary Matthews called. Uh, Gary lives in Anchorage, Alaska, and Gary called just to say, I saw seven robins on March 27th, the first ones I've seen in Anchorage this year. Uh, Susan Flowers, who lives uh, near Atlanta, I talked to Susan, and she said she was wondering what to do about a Cooper's hawk chasing feeder birds, and um, there isn't a whole lot you can do. Chase the Cooper's hawk, good luck. (laughs) Yeah, you can stop feeding for a while. You know, a lot of it just comes from planting um, things that the birds can hide in. Uh, Dee Shell, Dee, whose real name is Delight. Isn't that a cool name? I wanted to tell her it was a delightful, but I bet she's probably heard that all her life. So, But Dee Shell said, I heard a bird hit my picture window rather hard, so I cranked the side window open and found this migratory bird on the ground. I think his eye may have been hurt. I let him be, went to have supper with my husband. When I came back, he was gone. Sure is unique. Have you ever seen one before? I live east of Truman. Yeah, it was an American woodcock, D. Also, uh, timberdoodle is a common name. When I was a kid, we called them bog suckers because they were always kind of out in marshy areas. But they're weird little birds, and they do an amazing dance and uh, display in the air. They fall down like a falling leaf from a tree, and they're just really cool, and I, I hope it made it. Uh, Betsy Kerr said during a chilly walk in the neighborhood Friday afternoon, I was pleasantly surprised by the cooing of a single morning dove perched high in a leafless tree. Uh, Dwayne Swenson of Wasika saw a rough-legged hawk. Pat Pagel said bluebirds are at my son in my son's yard outside Red Wing, pillated woodpeckers in his woods. Aaron Peach said, I started at Maple River WMA and swung over the Watanwan WPA on Saturday. In those uh, areas, I had 18 species of waterfowl, Canada goose, trumpeter swan, lesser scop, ring-necked duck, canvasback, redhead, American goldeneye, bufflehead, common merganser, American coot, mallard, greater white-fronted goose, hooded merganser, green-winged teal, blue-winged teal, Gadwall, American Widgeon, Northern Shoveler, and a possible Greater Scop. Had a large group of tundra swans north of 14, just east of Cortland. I saw five sandhill cranes and a couple of great blue herons in a ditch in Nicollet County just before Lesseur. 
And I was sure I heard the Peter Peter of a tufted titmouse, but it never called again, so I can't confirm. Uh, I don't have a name on this, but I got a nice text message from someone who was walking the bike trail in Albert Lee, uh, and they said, is this a snowy owl? And it's um, a cell phone photo, and I'm not picking on cell phones or this photo or anything, but I, I just can't tell. It's just a, a white thing there. So uh, I'm hoping it was, but I, I really can't say with any certainty. And Norm Emerson of St. James sent me a photo, and he said, this lovely, attractive bird has been hanging out with the juncos. And it's a bird that's, uh, oh, it's got white spots all over, got a white belly, and it's kind of a dark color otherwise. And it is a leukistic junco. And again, leukism is when there's white where there should be darker colors. And I think when I was a kid, we would probably have called this a piebald bird because uh, that was used for sometimes for oh deer and horses and everything else would be piebald. And I think we, uh, even pigs once on here, piebald pig. Um, got a nice, uh, you, you were kind enough to send along a nice uh, thing about the Decora bird. Uh, Eagles. Yeah, Rich in Rich from Mankato uh, sent us a comment saying that the there's some activity at the Decora Eagles webcam. And I looked yesterday, and uh, the mom was all excited because one of the eggs had been pipped. Pipped. So what is pipped? Pipped. What does that mean? Pipped. Got the little hole in it. The oh, okay. Bill coming through, and then uh, I know hens. Um, growing up with chickens, they would start getting pretty pretty crazy because. You know, I bet you you're happy to get off those eggs after all that time sitting on the eggs, just to get up and uh, be able to walk around. And of course, now you have just as much responsibility with little do, baby chicks. Do you think that would be like bed rest to a person? Because I know when I was uh, pregnant with uh, my child, I was put on bed rest for two days. And honest, I was the worst, worst patient. I could not stay. They're like, you're on bed rest. You're not supposed to be up. I was in the hospital and I was just, I'm like so bored to tears. So I just, I feel for those poor eagles. I'm sure it's uh, exactly like that. You just sit on that all day, and what do you have looking forward to? You know, you roll, turn the eggs once in a while, and then uh, your spouse shows up with something for you to eat. Other than that, you're just there um, listening to bird song and thing. But, yeah, that was uh, that was nice of Rich. And two of the eggs have hatched. I'm looking at... I was going to say, I've got that on right now. I'm looking at the live cam right now, and the eagle is just sitting there patiently just looking around. It looks like the wind is blowing, but no snow on the eagle. So I'm guessing maybe Decorah doesn't have any snow or? Must not. That's what I was going to ask, if she was covered with snow. No, I'm looking at it. Says it's, it says it's live, and yeah, so unless, yeah, she's just looking around. So I'm thinking she's all right. But yeah, they had some, some uh, couple couple of them hatched, and so that's kind of cool. That's great news because I think the one from Minnesota, the DNR cam, I believe that those eggs are not going to hatch. Sadly. Oh no! Why? So, what would they yeah. think happened to that? I think it was just too cold. They started Aww. nesting so so early, and I think, and I'm hoping I'm wrong, but the last time I checked, it they hadn't hatched yet, and they were already past their time. So I kind of doubt that they did. So it's too bad. But I'm glad these are. Uh, and yeah, it's the Decora Eagle Cam is a pretty cool thing to see. Why I got just got a somebody asked why did Audubon shoot birds? 
Yeah, one day I was talking about Audubon that his birds that he painted, he shot them first and then painted oh, them. Oh no! Yeah, did he really? Is that true or is that a? It is true. Yeah, oh. and the reason he did that is because he didn't have binoculars or a camera. Oh, so he, he couldn't uh, take a picture. You know, now so many of our bird artists will take a bunch of photos. And then uh, along with maybe field sketches and then draw from that. And not many of the birds that John James Audubon painted were willing to pose for him. They didn't say, <laughs> no. hey, look at this, you know. So he shot them. So he, I know it sounds terrible now, but he shot them so he could study and draw the birds. And he mounted the freshly killed specimens on wires connected to a board, an arrangement that allowed him to position the birds in lifelike attitudes. Because oh. even the beauty of their feathers faded in death. So sure. it, they wouldn't have to be dead very long before they just didn't have quite the beauty they had before. So he drew them quickly. Did he did he do like taxidermists do and stuff them, or did he just like uh, just shoot them and then put them on the wires and quickly draw or paint them or whatever he did? He probably did a little bit of taxidermy. A lot of those artists did, and uh, it depends on the definition of taxidermy, I guess. Oh. Uh, he he would what. John James Audubon did mainly is put just the dead birds on there. He'd draw them, and then he'd fill in the drawings with watercolors, and then he would perform anatomical dissections after drawing rather than doing taxidermy. And when working far from home, he cooked and ate them. Oh, really? Yep. I guess it's like chicken, right? It all tastes like chicken. That's right, and he would talk about how good some of them were and how terrible some were and you know we kind of read that now with a we grit our teeth and say oh my gosh but you know they were different times but you're right on the taxidermy because a lot of them did um, you know pretty basic taxidermy but not audubon not so much you know i have a question i should talk to a taxidermist because how do they do it they 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 have to get all the insides out and then they what do they fill it with um like insulation that expands or, or you know i have no clue yeah, and there's a lot of uh, forms that are available for some things, like deer heads and all that. I'm sure you can buy a form of a certain oh. kind. And yeah. So, so, so that's another topic for another day. But John uh, actually has a uh, question for you. He says, sure. uh, what kind of owl has two hoots and then two real slow hoots? You know, I... I think um, that's what he meant by it. He says, owl has two hoots and then two real slow they're like, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. I'm making that up, but I'm assuming that's what it means. <laughs> I know everybody's ear hears things differently. Yeah. But I would say the great horned owl. Okay. And it does a woo-hoo, woo-hoo. So ah. I hear like three who's awake, me too. But um, they can vary from that a little bit. So, John, I'd say it'd be a great horned owl. Uh, and they are doing a lot of hooting now. And the other ones we hear are, uh, I hear Eurasian collared doves, which are, of course, not an owl, but they, they're they doing uh hoo but that's not four counts either. So See, I I'm going to go with the great horned owl. I always used to think that, that those Eurasian, Eurasian collared doves were owls. I was thinking, always used to think I was hearing owls, but obviously I was not. 
And a lot of people think that because they sound like an owl. And the other owl we have calling a lot is a barred owl, but they're the ones that, uh, who cooks for you, who cooks for you all. So they're pretty distinctive. And what does a snowy owl do? Does they have a distinctive one? Uh, call? Yeah, but we're not going to hear them. So. Oh, we don't? No, they're not. Um, you'd have to be up real close to them. They're pretty, oh, they're quiet. It's not going to carry. Okay, gotcha. They're they're the more silent type, the beautiful silent yeah. type. Yeah, yeah, they're the, the John Wayne kind. So well, I never found John real quiet. I <laughs> talked about him, you know, kind of a quiet guy. But he, I don't know. I've watched his movies. He wasn't all that quiet. I don't think the strong. He was strong, but I don't know about the silent part. Oh, John in New has another question for you. He says, "Where does Russian milk come from?" He is just brutal on these things. For Russia, I have no idea. Moscow's. Oh, man. <laughs> Bad. Oh, John. That was that was tough. Yeah. Well, I I still, John, you're still invited to the cafe, even with it. And feel free to ask that question to anybody gathered there today. <laughs> Uh, at the cafe where the food chain is missing a few links, the special is always the Heimlich Maneuver and gravies considered a beverage and now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. You know, I thought I'd be driving a flying car by now. I thought about that going into town. I thought I wouldn't have to mess with this snow. I'd be, I'd be flying above it like the Jetsons. Well, that hasn't happened yet, but I, I did walk through the dark woods of Alberta while wearing thermal imaging goggles. Hmm. And those goggles, they find the heat in living things. And the night vision goggles use thermal imaging technology to capture infrared light emitted as heat by objects in the field of view. So from wasps to songbirds to deer lit up the darkness right in front of my eyes. And the sight of a Townsend solitaire, an elegant songbird dressed in drab gray plumage, nearly caused me to topple over backwards in astonishment. And this one small bird appeared to have set the world on fire. Uh, those goggles allowed me to see something beautiful that I had no idea was there, just as I see beautiful things whenever I listen intently as someone talks to me. Stories light the world, and I don't need goggles to hear them, just ears. And, oh, and John said he saw a bird make a snowbird. Yeah, I wasn't sure. What did he mean like that? Does a bird lay in the snow and then flap its wings? Is that what he meant? You know, I, that could be it, or maybe... Or, if it flies, I see them make snow angels a lot. Wait, how, wait a minute. How does how do they do that? They lay in the snow and, and flap their wings to make a snow angel? You can see when a, a owl comes down and grabs a vole or something, oh. they'll leave wing prints in the snow. And it's very similar to snow angels like oh. we used to make when we were kids. So it's Al, you can still make them even though you're not a kid. It would be a really, really tall snow angel, however, in yeah. your case. I still make them, only I don't do it intentionally now. So oh, it's, it's, when it's you stumble? <laughs> yeah, it's a different kind of thing. You know, when you're little and you fall, everybody laughs. And, and you get a little older, uh, not they're, so many people laugh. No, then they're worried, time. like, do they need to call 911? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, remember, folks, Heartland is well worth driving past. So do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Uh, I enjoyed your company, Karen, as always. And thanks, everybody, for listening to KMSU. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Al. We'll chat with you next week. Uh, happy shoveling. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.